0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. The outrage here uh, yeah, the network and the platform on these latest decisions over the last couple of weeks with the FDA and the CDC uh, pushing the vaccines on the real little ones. We're talking, I think it's like what as young as six months old or something. They're lining them up for the vaccine, and I want to start right up top here with a, a question that came in from a from a listener, uh, Doug, who says this. I hope Dr. McCullough covers the terrible FDA approval and maybe soon school mandate of the VAX for kids. It's pure corruption and evil. This is where I draw the line. So welcome in, friends, to America Out Loud. Paul Citizen Malcolm Out Loud here, along with
1: Dr. Peter McCullough. And you're right. This is a line not to be crossed.
0: So let's talk about that line, because I got to tell you, I, I must have received 60, 70, 80 emails on this point alone and the outrage from listeners about the kids. And there was some strong messaging in there. Uh, what gives on this now? Because you see the CDC director, uh, Rochelle Walensky, she did the final approval on this thing now. Not that, I mean, this thing's like a runaway train. Nothing's stopping this, is it?
1: No, nothing's stopping it. And actually, as SARS-CoV-2 is flaring in nursing homes, you know, the, the last people in the world that we need to worry about in terms of this infection are children six months old. This should tell the listener that something is off in the minds of people, that this cannot be about an infection, it can't be at this point in time about a public health response. It must be about something else. What we know is that in children this young, the CDC tells us that 75% of kids have already been through the illness. Most of the parents don't even know about it. They have natural protection and we have a very good data to support natural protection in kids who have already had it. In a paper up on my feed, Pantalone and colleagues from Israel in the preprint server in a paper termed titled Naturally Acquired Immunity Dynamics Against SARS-CoV-2 in Children and Adolescents, showed that children, Malcolm, who have already had the infection, have terrific protection against anything that occurs later on, is far better than a vaccine. So we know that the vaccines are not medically necessary. They're not clinically indicated. We know from the papers, the registrational trials from Frank and uh, uh, Crothel, as well as a safety paper by House, uh, these are all cited, uh, they're available on my Twitter feed, they're also citable in the medical literature, that the vaccines cause more harm in children in terms of vaccine reactions than it does uh, saving any discomfort from uh, SARS-CoV-2. There's no difference in hospitalizations and deaths, which are rare and basically don't occur in these clinical trials. And finally, when it's been done in children ages 5 to 11 and ages 12 to 17 in papers by Fleming Dutra and Dora Bowilla in JAMA, there was no clinical benefit whatsoever. There's essentially negligible vaccine efficacy. So the person, Malcolm, has got to stop.
0: Yeah. So as you say a moment ago, listeners can obviously do the math themselves and understand there's something else happening here, which we've been trying to get to the bottom of for a very long time. You know, the misinformation here, what's most egregious about all this, uh, Dr. McCullough, is... You know, you you look at the media, you look at the social media, as you know full well, anytime you put anything out there with the word vaccine or COVID or anything of that sort with children or even a qualified report of any kind, we're not even talking your opinion, just a report that goes against what these bureaucrats and what the globalists want. They suspend you, they remove you, they drag you through the mud Here at the same time with misinformation, the president comes out and he says this. And and, and here's misinformation. You know, what really worries me is how many parents and families are seeing this who are not in on the inside track. And they don't understand the danger in this uh, to the kids uh, with, with cardiac problems and all kinds of other problems and things we don't even know yet. So the administration says this. For parents all over the country, this is a day of relief and celebration. Who the hell is celebrating? He says, as the first country to protect our youngest children with COVID-19 vaccines, my administration has been planning and preparing for this moment for months, effectively securing doses and offering safe and highly, is that safe and effective again, uh, uh, mRNA vaccines for all children as young as six months old. So you have to question, Back to what the listener says, Doug, draw on the line. You know, I mean, is is this the breaking point? And and what did they gain by getting our youngest in here? What is the point of all this?
1: What you just pointed out is described uh, actually in our book by uh, true crime author John Leake, uh, Courage to Face COVID-19. He would call that what's called crude propaganda, crude propaganda is false information put forward that by those position of authority. No one's waiting for these. No one's relieved to get these vaccines. No one uh, is rejoicing for these vaccines. Come on, Malcolm. Are there any vaccine rallies being held by mothers in your town? Are people rejoicing over these? No, they're basically a menace. And you know what my concern is? Um, I, I can tell you this much, is I've been following the papers by Jenna Schauer in the journal Pediatrics and what she's described is terrifying. These kids develop heart inflammation or heart damage, and some of them barely have any symptoms. They have fever or some body aches. Can you imagine injecting a child now who cannot speak, uh, a child who's eight months old, seven months old, and all they can do is relate fussiness? We could have raging heart damage, and all we would know is that we have a fussy baby. We're in trouble.
0: Yeah, we are indeed. Uh, you know, the the book is, uh, by the way, uh, I'm in the, immersed in it right now, reading through it, The Courage to Face COVID-19, the book that uh, Dr. McCullough just spoke about with John Leake. I'm sure a lot of you have it out there. It is uh, in the bookstore and it's on the front page at americaroutloud.com as well. It is quite the read. I can tell you that I am immersed in it right now uh, and uh, anxious to get through it. And, and again, this is the, well, we You you always heard the same crime of the century. I made that statement some months ago to you, in fact. You said, no, 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 this is the crime of all time. And this book sort of highlights that, doesn't it?
1: It does. Uh, You know, I I have a hard time forcing myself to think as darkly as a criminal investigator does, such as John Leake. Uh, But he lays out the timeline. He lays out the perpetrators. And he lays out the crimes, the crimes of fraud and mass negligent homicide. And, uh, you know, I think the reader you, you'll judge, but I think the most readers read it are actually compelled that, in fact, this is what's going on.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get this one other thing in before we get to so many interesting questions. Uh, and this is regard to the FDA again. Uh, but, you know, from the very beginning, all of these vaccines, everybody knows were EUA uh, is very questionable, the, the, the entire setup and how these were dragged out to the marketplace. Now we're seeing the attempts to forego the trials on future COVID vaccines. What's this all about? Uh,
1: there is a meeting that's taking place, I believe, today where the vaccine manufacturers have uh, a desire to skip randomized trials with new SARS-CoV-2 vaccines and simply say that they're biosimilar or bioequivalent to the prior vaccines, even though the um the the virus has mutated. This would be similar to a flu vaccine, saying they simply came up with a new version uh, of it. Uh, The difference is obviously these are genetic vaccines. Uh, The the virus is quite different than influenza. The process of SARS-CoV-2 mutation is very different than the known antigenic drift in a flu vaccine. And uh, the fact that we don't have adequate safety data on these, so to skip uh, future randomized trials, is basically the final coup de grace in regulatory malfeasance.
0: They are doubling down they they just don't back off Peter. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I mean it's it's for, it's it's unbelievable really that they just keep doubling down and doubling down. So let's get onto the questions now. This one is from concerned parent and we respect your your privacy of course. So I'm from uh, Costa Rica, the first and only country in the world to enforce vaccines on children as young as five years old. Well, that's not really true anymore, is it? With or without their parents' consent. Now, listen to this, with or without the parents' consent. Recently, a six-year-old child was taken from his mother and vaccinated by force by a group of doctors, nurses, and hospital guards. This behavior is unacceptable and pretty concerning, and local authorities have done nothing about it as they have promoted it. I decided to write just to see if uh, Dr. McCullough could look into all of this and maybe make a statement or a comment somewhere online, just so as parents can show it to the local authorities and help them understand that what they are doing is wrong and it will harm all children. This is how egregious this is with kids around the globe. Peter, This is what they're doing in Costa Rica.
1: This is tantamount to personal injury. Uh, They might as well take the children and uh, commit some physical harm to them. Uh, you know, through conventional assault and battery, it's physical injury. Uh, these are experimental genetic vaccines, or even the killed virus Sinovac vaccine that are experimental. Thousands of people have lost their lives, uh, non-fatal injuries, and now disabilities. Uh, this is a is a new dark chapter in humanity.
0: It, it truly is. Yeah, this one is from Jason. I'm an active duty physician and this is the information being pushed down from the defense for health affairs. Can you perhaps discuss this on your program? Can you point what is true and what what are the errors? Here's what he's speaking about here, this doctor. And I quote, we're reminded of that profound cost as we mark 1 million Americans dead from COVID-19. It's been too many. An independent analysis from the Kaiser Family Foundation and Peterson Center on Healthcare in April found that between June of 21 and April of 22, almost a quarter of a million deaths could have been avoided through vaccination. The good news is that a separate analysis from the Commonwealth Fund uh, said that uh, same month found that people getting vaccinated meant America averted over 2.2 million deaths and 17 million hospitalizations. While the Omicron wave was hard for our healthcare providers, it would have been much worse without vaccination and boosters. So for the sake of all our nurses and providers on the front lines and your fellow Americans, please get vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, get boosted to provide the additional layer of protection. Well, I hope we are through the worst of it. We've learned it's better to be prepared than not. That's the statement. So he then ramps up the doc and says this. Would they really be more sick if they had not gotten the vaccine? This is what I keep hearing from people that were vaccinated because I would have been more ill. Omicron was a more mild illness. I am disgusted that early treatment is still not in our conversations, he says. You
1: know, I can tell you the Commonwealth Fund report is essentially academic fraud because they have made a whole series of assumptions that the vaccine works. They've also made a whole series of assumptions that the virus would become more lethal. So to come up with this idea that the vaccine saved two million lives is completely ludicrous. Uh, What happened is there's been far more deaths since we've had the vaccines than before we had them. Three studies, uh, CAMP, Subramanian, and BD, show the vast vaccination is increasing mortality. It's making things worse. And to, uh, to really intensify the situation, there's a fraudulent paper published in Lancet recently, again, claiming that the vaccines saved lives. No randomized trial has demonstrated the vaccines reduced hospitalizations or death. There are no valid comparative analyses suggesting the vaccines reduced death. And there's no mechanism by which they would reduce death. The virus mutated rapidly away from the wild-type vaccine and rendered the vaccines um, basically uh, essentially useless. So these types of things, again, are classified as crude propaganda. Remember, the vaccines came out with a presupposition that they're safe and effective with no data to support it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and on this point, uh, Andrea, uh, listener again, says, thank you for all your work. You've been a mentor, whistleblower, and profound pillar in showing the truth. Uh, and again, here's the confusion. What is the current number of deaths from the COVID vaccines? How can we find this number out for ourselves? The VAERS website is confusing. Can you help guide uh, listeners in a short synopsis of how we can pull this info out for ourselves? So back to really verified information, People want to know, and I see a lot of these kinds of questions where they just can't seem to navigate that. Is, is, is there an easy, simple suggestion you have how people can get those numbers?
1: I think the best overall solid report right now is the Pharmacovigilance Report for the World, from the World um, Council for Health. World Council for Health. Go to the website. It's a yellow and pink background, and the World Council for Health has a pharmacovigilance report, and it was issued June 11th, 2022, and it gives the number of deaths from each of the major databases, the US VAERS system, the Yellow Card system, Vigisafe, which is WHO, and the Udra Vigilance system. And the total number of deaths worldwide is over 40,000 deaths that have happened shortly after the vaccine. Now, in terms of the United States data, Go to openvaers.com, openvaers.com forward slash index, and you'll get to the open VAERS system. This overlays the U.S. CDC system. And under COVID vaccine data, click on red box summaries. I've just done that. And then when you get to that report, click over uh, from all VAERS reports, which includes Germany, Japan, uh, and other countries in the U.S., and click over to U.S. territories and unknown. As of June 17, 2022, I'm reading from the record now, the open report, 13,388 deaths. Uh, There have been uh, 14,259 permanently disabled individuals, 5,440 myocarditis or heart damage, 30,713 severe allergic reactions. These are catastrophic numbers. I've, uh, for deposition purposes, under Uh, sworn testimony. I've done my own direct query against bears Since I am a trained epidemiologist, I'm trained in doing that, Malcolm. And the numbers are consistent. The numbers agree when one does a direct uh, query against the system. That means our CDC is certifying 13,388 Americans have died shortly after the vaccine.
0: And correct me on this, but isn't those numbers just the tip of the iceberg, meaning a lot of these numbers and reports don't get into there?
1: Right. So we know that if someone's found dead at home and no one can find the vaccine card, and if no one actually gets their doctor or someone to make a report into the system, it doesn't get reported. So previous studies suggest this could be only 1% or even just 10% of the total number. So there's an underreporting factor. So we've looked for other sources of data. uh, And uh, uh, one of the um, sources that's in the preprint literature in the ResearchGate server is by Nick Pantazatos from Colombia, and he used uh, vaccine administration data in US Census uh, 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 and death data to uh, conclude that through January, uh, I'm sorry, through December of 2021, uh, the deaths in the United States could be as high as 187,000 Americans dying from the vaccine within a few days. And this is uh, consistent with what we heard from almost every life insurance company in America for working age people. They're having catastrophic rates of life insurance claims. Most recently in the last two weeks, Lincoln National, Malcolm, 63% increase year on year for uh, families submitting death claims to life insurance companies.
0: Well, that's a very interesting point. I hadn't thought about that with the life insurance component, but those companies can't be too happy, can they?
1: No, they can't. I mean, they're going to have record payouts and they're going to have to find a way to adjust their claims. And so the real question is, are they going to adjust it according to who's taken a vaccine or when they've taken it? The CDC has told us 82% of Americans have taken one of the vaccines uh, at at any point in time. The number of currently boosted within six months range of a booster is only about 25% of Americans. And then uh, the New York Times had a piece about two weeks ago on the front page where they concluded that 35% of all Americans are either not gonna take the vaccine at all, so that would be that 18% fraction, or are not gonna take a booster, that would be another 17%. So 35% of Americans, Malcolm, are dug in. This freight train's going nowhere.
0: That's exactly it, and and, uh, many of our listeners, and surely yours truly here, is part of that group, for sure. Uh, It's gonna be very interesting. I'm I'm gonna watch this with the life insurance uh, uh, companies. This is very fascinating, but wouldn't that be a real telltale sign if they come back and really have a major premium increase for those who've been vaccinated. Uh, I mean, you could see that happening because it becomes a matter of numbers at that point. And wouldn't that be quite something, very telling if that transpires here in the public space? We'll see, we'll see. Um, this next one's from Dave. I heard an interview with Megyn Kelly and Robert Kennedy Jr. recently. He said that it is illegal To have an EUA, emergency use authorization, if there is another drug or drugs that is useful in fighting a virus or disease. Hence, he said, this is why the NIH and Fauci tried to downplay the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Can you please comment on this?
1: I've always disagreed with that statement for the following reasons is that the emergency use authorization is pretty loosely written uh, regulatory um, legislation, and it's been used for other vaccines, largely for the military, like the anthrax vaccines. The EUA has actually never produced a commercially viable product entry into the market. That's an important point. And uh, so it's kind of loose, it's not that uh, rigid as what people think. And the indications for a vaccine would be to prevent SARS-CoV-2 infection. That would be the in indication. And so uh, we only have uh, one other product set that actually did get an EUA indication to prevent COVID-19 that's not a vaccine. And that's the Evushield product, which is a combination of monoclonal antibodies as kind of a depot style that AstraZeneca has. So you know, presence of one EUA product didn't um, prevent another EUA product From coming on board, and it would only be for the indication of prevention. Most of the drugs people are thinking of, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, prednisone, budesonide, they're all for the active treatment of SARS-CoV-2. Now, I know some people would say that we can use ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine for prevention, and indeed that's true, Um, but I just don't think that that's the reason why uh, uh the National Allergy and Immunology Branch director and others suppressed early treatment. I think it's much darker than that, Malcolm. I think they suppress treatment in order to create fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death to prepare the population to accept mass vaccination. Wow, that's
0: a profound statement right there. Wow.
1: One thing's for true, Malcolm. those who are most vigorously, Suppressing early treatment are those who are most strongly supporting the vaccines. So that would be all of social media. That would be all the big tech giants. That would be the American Medical Association, uh, all the major medical societies. I mean, they have relentlessly promoted the vaccines. And they're the same ones who are most actively suppressing treatment. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I mean, there's no argument from my side here, but I, I just think it's a it's a sad day for society, and really, and I and I sense this in my heart. I sensed it for some time. Uh, the 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 sad state that we're in play here in, in the human race. Uh, we're in some very strange times here, uh, to be sure, but. Again, we continue to push forward is, is what happens here. This next one is very interesting uh, question. I, I don't know if you really have an answer off the top of your mind. There's not too much you don't have an answer for, my, my brother, uh, off the top of your mind. You're a walking encyclopedia. But this one is from TJ, and he, and he asked this question, what's the percentage of COVID vaccinated people that you're seeing with heart issues and breakdown of ages. He's speaking about yourself there, being a cardiologist and what have you. Any idea of percentage with, with the heart issues?
1: For myocarditis, it's clearly skewed to the younger populations. We know that the peak incidence is age 18 to 24, 90% men, Malcolm, only 10% women. Why is but that? It, Hold on. Why is that? You know, know, no one knows, but it must have something to do with androgens. It's very interesting. There must be a special relationship between androgen and spike protein damage to the pericytes. But it is remarkable. And every study, every analysis, it's 90% men. That's the reason why the male athletes, you'll see massive rates of sudden death. uh, And it is extraordinary. Do you know, in the last week, we've had uh, Tony Saragusa, a former Baltimore Ravens lineman. We've had a a Baltimore Ravens uh, linebacker. We've had a first round NBA draft pick. Uh, We had former running back for Dallas Cowboys, uh, Marion Barber. Now in none of these cases, do they disclose whether or not they've taken the vaccine? All we could do is rely on CDC data to conclude that 82% of Americans took the vaccine. Now, some of these individuals, you can actually find tweets (coughs) or prior acknowledgements they've taken the vaccine. One of the ones was the swimmer who went to the bottom of the pool. Did you see that one, Malcolm?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, she had tweeted out mm-hmm. beforehand that she was really vaccine up. So we know the vaccine was in her system. The reason why I'm bringing this up, Malcolm, is athletes are heavily screened for the leading cause of cardiac arrest, which is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So none of the athletes are allowed to compete now with this condition, this abnormal thickening of the heart. And so we know that especially athletes, they are so well screened, they are clean, they are ready to go and to see them suddenly collapse nearly a thousand now in Europe. And now you're starting to see it rain down in the United States. Mm -hmm. The only implication is that they've taken the vaccine.
0: Yeah. I mean, how sad is this with these talented athletes and young people of what's transpired? And this has been going on for some time Peter. This isn't a new development with these athletes dropping dead.
1: Well, it's true. It's not a new development, especially the ones where they had early mandates in Europe. But the the thing that I am so amazed with is the lack of outrage. Look at Republican um, uh, Congressman Kasten. Kasten, uh, he uh, announces very strongly that he's going to have his family vaccinated. He's got two young, beautiful daughters, his wife, and he's going to vaccinate as soon as possible. He's going to get his daughters vaxxed. He's tweeting this, he's tweeting this. And then, in the last few weeks, his 17 year old daughter dies in her bed at home. He finds her dead oh, at home. Oh my God. Yes. It- and then wow. it, and then the eulogy as well we wow. we just have to enjoy life while we have it we have to enjoy every precious minute because we don't know when it's going to go away no outrage over what was the cause of death no outrage over could it be the vaccine you know something mentally wow. is off malcolm wow. when there's no discussion on the cause of death is mm. it as if as if it was just a leaf that blew away in the wind malcolm come on where's the outrage a 17 year old daughter
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, number one, I would never give it to my kid. I would never give it to any loved one. I mean, I'm I, I, for sure. But you're right. W- where is that outrage? You know, it's almost like you just can't make heads or tails out of this thing. Uh, these people are willing to sacrifice their kids. I mean, did somewhere along the line over the last couple, two, three years, did aliens come into the Earth and uh, populate it somehow? We don't know. I mean, this. Is, I, I,
1: I got know. an email. I got an email today. Weird. From, uh, from a professor of psychology at the University of Ghent in Belgium, Matthias Desmet, who's got a wonderful book out there. Uh, it's called The Psychology of Totalitarianism. He just let me know that the English translation is done now. And I can tell you, I think his explanation for what going on, what's going on is explanatory. People are in mass formation. Mm-hmm. The human mind is not thinking correctly mm-hmm. that they will do, they, they basically will not recognize that the vaccine is causing this because it will break this, in a sense, this mental transfer. And they have solidarity. It's around the vaccine. And at all costs, they will continue to vaccinate in order to keep this um, to keep this uh, sense of false security that the vaccine is protecting them. So uh, this is uh, this is absolutely extraordinary. This was uh, representative Sean Caston's daughter, Gwen, 17 years old, passed away. The beloved daughter uh, that they, they request privacy will not be making any further comment regarding this heartbreaking time, did not provide any detail on the cause of Gwen's death. I can tell you the average death, and it's rare that a 17 year old would ever die Uh, There would be some statement like she had a long battle with cancer or she's had three uh, heart surgeries or uh, she had a tragic car accident. This was simply found dead at home with a trail that he was previously and vigorously going to vaccinate his children. He had tweeted and Kasten, I want to correct my comments. He's a Democrat and he represents the Illinois 6th Congressional District. Uh, uh, Condolences to him and his family. What a shock. I hope he can help others. The best way to help others is to come out and and declare whether or not the vaccine was truly implicated.
0: Yeah, because once a life is gone, no matter what, uh, there's no recourse, it's gone. We can never bring that life back. That's how precious life is. Under any circumstances, we don't get a chance to do that. I mean, death is, its it, it's over. And that's sad. It's sadder than sad, which what, what you share there. You know, the gentleman you just mentioned uh, with the psychosis out of, was it South Africa you
1: mentioned? No, no he's at uh, University of Ghent in Belgium, Matthias Desmond. I encourage everybody, To take a view of his videos, he is probably one of the world's greatest clinical psychologists. He Mm -hmm. is really interesting. I've done two shows with him uh, on video, Malcolm, and I can't wait to get his book.
0: Well, I was just going to say, how about we invite him to the Pulse, to America Out Loud Pulse, and have him on in the weeks ahead
1: somewhere? If we can get him, that'd be awesome. If we can get him, do it. This guy is on fire right now, he's basically explaining and has explained what happened in Nazi Germany, that type of mindset yeah, yeah. and the and the evidence trial that it's happening right now, worldwide.
0: Yeah, I'd lo- love to get him on here. So, uh, all right, continuing on here. Uh, this one is from D.E., uh, D uh, says, besides COVID, uh, will D, zinc, quercetin, ivermectin, HQ, etc protect against other viruses like the, uh, the hemorrhagic fevers and that sort of thing.
1: It's possible that ivermectin has the greatest hope of having some broader antiviral effect. I have to tell you, I think the best antiviral that I've learned about is the nasal dilute povidone iodine, dilute hydrogen peroxide. Uh, there's some other products. Uh, one is a clear colloidal silver. I think the bottom line is these viruses get into our body through our nasal passages. We know that because we use swabs to test for the virus up there. Well, here we go, Malcolm. We have local virucidal therapy, kills the virus as it's replicating, allows the body's own immune system up in the sinuses to finish that virus off and you don't get severe illness.
0: Yeah, the thing about these nasal products you just uh, talked about right there is they what I think has been a real eye opener for all of us is that you know a lot of people would get sick with uh, just even the influenza, uh, superbugs, things like that. And the thing about the povidone iodine or as you just mentioned, clear the xylitol, these products uh, they get it out of. I mean, they're they're killing the pathogens in your nasal cavity before they get to your respiratory tract, which then in the case of SARS scope two, uh, which was really what happened to my wife, it would get into your lungs. And this would be the problem. So this was huge. And I said before, I I think you might agree with this, uh, Dr. McCullough, but had this information been shared with the the public at large, back, oh, uh, early on here, this nasal uh, rinse in any capacity, by golly, how many lives would we have saved?
1: Well, it would have been extraordinary. You know, there are three large randomized trials, 12 supportive clinical studies. Uh, They supported actually for early treatment. There was about a 70% effect size, meaning that has a 70% overall treatment improvement. And I can tell you, you know, the anecdotes continue to pile up. You know, I haven't been on with you in a couple of weeks, Malcolm, but my 83-year-old unvaxxed mother in independent living came down with COVID. How's she doing? Well, I can tell you what, we got the McCullough protocol going. And as part of that, we had, thanks to you, we actually had some courtesy samples of Cofix Rx. So we got Cofix Rx in the mix with the McCullough protocol. And my mom, uh, you know, a little bit confused on the medication dosing. I called her every day as a good son would, Malcolm, and I guided her through it. The one thing mom said from the very beginning, boy, this Cofix Rx, this is good stuff.
0: Yeah. See, there's no doubt about it because I t- remember I told you what a couple, three weeks ago that my wife who was in the same room, she was staying with her mom uh, because she was very sick. She was, wasn't doing well. She was in her 80s and she was staying with her for a couple of weeks and she had gotten COVID for the second time. My wife did. Unfortunately, uh, she handled it well, but we were concerned with her mom getting it. And this is really life changing because this would kill her if I'm sure of it because she has comorbidities and she's been fighting other illnesses. I mean, I'm sure it would take her out. And you know what? We got the cofix Rx. I got her right over to D, said, okay, here we go. Every eight hours, every eight hours in the nasal cavity, every eight hours in the nasal, eight hours in the nasal. And you know, she never got COVID, even in the same room as my wife for that period of time. That's insane.
1: And how old is she, Malcolm?
0: She's 83.
1: Oh, it's amazing. So we use it for, okay, that's a great uh, discussion. That's used as basically a secondary prevention for a close contact prevention, very solid use. My mom, I just used it as part of acute treatment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, I travel with it. It's so small, easy to travel with. It doesn't leak in the travel bag. That's important. And you're ready to go. You're in a hotel room. You start to feel a little viral, hit Cofex Rx.
0: Yeah, so while we're on the topic, this was very spontaneous, but you can 20% off our listeners, I have to share with you would be wrong if I didn't cofixrx.com forward slash out loud. And of course, as always friends, there are banner ads all back at America out loud. You can click those as well. There's also a lot of information on the site there. They're really good people. Uh, So you can give that a shot. And I also want to very fairly talk, just mention to you all, there's another great product, and you will see banner ads back at America Out Loud in all fairness, and it's called Clear. Now, it's spelled X-L-E-A-R, and this is made with a xylitol, which, uh, Dr. McCullough, this xylitol is supposed to be also very, very effective, isn't it?
1: It is very effective. The nice thing about Clear, Uh, in fact, I'm going to bring two bottles over uh, for my mom to give my dad over on the... Um, in the, uh, uh, the more of the dementia care side of the facility, uh, it, it's because Malcolm, it, it really has a chronic kind of anti-nasal um, stuffiness, anti-nasal uh, secretion effect. You know, my dad is, people say it's allergies, it's allergies and it is allergies, but the allergies are stimulating this mucus cells to produce too much mucus. And so with the clear product, uh, the real play there is for daily use.
0: Yeah, so uh, these are real things we're talking about here. These are products that will benefit you, friends. So uh, I recommend looking at all of these things and do what's right for you. I mean, we're not here to tell you what to get one way, shape, form, or another. It's up to you. But the CoFix RX, really, really good stuff. Uh, Again, uh, and just use the code out loud to get the 20% off. But Clear is also another great product. We, We highly suggest it, recommend it. And there's banner ads back at America Out Loud on that product as well. These are all things to help and improve your life. So don't be afraid to click that as well, and uh, and, and and check it out for yourself and do do the research. Listen, why we're at it right now and we're, we're coming through these questions. I want to take one of the moment because uh, Dr. McCullough doesn't even know what I'm going to tell you next here. But so this is really cool what I'm going to share with you um, uh, Because we've never done this before. So I got a notice in, uh, was about a day and a half ago, because I talked about it on my daily program, The Voice of a Nation, over the last two days. Um, and it's really very, very cool. In the month of July here, if you're listening to this on talk radio or podcast, it just depends uh, where you listen to the program here, friends. We're on all the networks, as you know. Uh, but uh, Healthy cell, healthy cell. You hear me talk about it all the time. And so healthy cell, uh, the immune super boost is one of the most terrific products. It's a micro gel. You take it right out of the package or you put it in a little bit of water or put it on anything you want. It's terrific. It's a, it's a, like a, a berry taste, very, very pleasant. And it's it, the, the micro gel product absorbs into your body immediately. So you get the full impact of it. Not like a pill where you lose a lot of that. Bottom line is this: Independence July. Use the code. Usually we say use the code out loud, but this month on Immune Super Boost, use the code. Get ready, America Fifty. America Fifty. You get fifty percent off Immune Super Boost. First time ever. It just came onto my desk. So I said day and a half ago. It's strictly to celebrate our Independence and to give something back to listeners. And so, America Fifty. off stock up on this stuff now, kids, because it's not going to be that way later. And how
1: how long does it last for Malcolm? The promotion? Well, I,
0: I didn't get an end date, but I did message him just before we went on air. And I said, we need to run this for the month of July. Uh, and cause at first he said, we'll run it for a week or so. And I said, no, no, we need to run this for the month of July to celebrate our independence. And he wrote back and said, okay.
1: Well, I can tell you people like my wife are going to be jazzed because I got to tell you what, some people get a huge, huge, uh, lift when they save money and she's one of them.
0: Well, a lot of people do because it's, it's, it's important for a lot of folks. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, we have, to, we save here, we spend somewhere else. We spend it on gas. So we got to save it somewhere. You're right. I filled
1: up last night. I drove back from the Texas Senate. How much? I pulled over. I was like, oh, my gosh, it was like $50 for hardly anything. Um, You know, I have to tell you, Malcolm, the gasoline prices, many say, are going to be really a central driver for things to come now in the United States. It doesn't look good.
0: They are. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't fill up on 50 bucks. You didn't fill up.
1: No, No, no. See, what happened was. I was with co-author John Leak, and I was testifying in the Senate, and guess what? He didn't feel too good, and he's just come down with COVID. So there we go. He's getting them a color protocol.
0: John's got it is oh my, he's got he, he, he it. I had it before now, right?
1: My wife just ran over. To his house, the McCullough protocol with Kofix Rx. I was
0: going to say, get him Kofix.
1: <laughs> and there we go. So I got. To, we wow. are working on it right now. So John Uh-oh. had to bail out of the Texas Senate. Good move. So I was actually had to drive his car back. And it wasn't my car. I drive, people probably know I drive a big Texas pickup truck. It would have cost 150 bucks. Exactly. But That's what uh, I anyhow, John's uh, a sporty yeah. BMW still, uh, still costs some money. Now
0: listen, you 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 uh, drive the big uh, pickup truck as you say. Now, what I'd like to see is the picture of the big pickup truck with you and the cowboy hat. Do you do that?
1: I tell you what, I uh, grew up in cowboy boots. I, I should get a get a good cowboy hat. I'd love to see hat. that. I said that, but you know, fifty percent right. of the the vehicles on the road in Texas, the uh-huh. great state of Texas, are pickup trucks. And once you have one. You can never go back.
0: Uh, I love it. I love it. By the way, uh, to digress, just a quick moment. i got to tell you the immune super boost, vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. This is like an atom bomb for your immune system. Uh, So you want to take this every day. I also take the focus and recall. I love this stuff. Uh, it's a tangerine taste, a little different than the other, really good. I take it every day, and it helps with brain power, uh, especially a lot of people with long COVID, that sort of thing. You take it as well, I think, Dr. McCullough, don't you?
1: It's true. It's very good stuff. Uh, you know, the thing I always focus on is absorption. The microgel technology, far superior to these chalky uh, vitamin tablets or these kind of goofy vitamin capsules. Go with Healthy Cell and get the microgel tech. It's way better.
0: It's really, really good stuff. REM sleep as well. Check those products out as well. Like first time to listen, you get 20% off everything. Just use the code out loud. But America 50, America 50, month of July, A 50% off Immune Super Boost. Just use that code, friends. Listen, I got to take a real quick pause. We stretch this out as far as we can. A lot more questions to get back to. Uh, We'll join you just on the other side here. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse.
1: There are microbes in the air and they're in your house. And the Genesis Fogger is the solution. This is a mobile fogger that uses a unique technology to give a non-toxic dry mist to cleanse the air and cleanse your rooms of microbes, whether they be bacterial, fungal, or viral, including SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. So go to the Genesis Fogger website and use the promo code OUTLOUD for a discount on your purchase of the model and get going with a cleaner house as there could be more microbes on the way we're concerned about not only the current pandemic but future ones so let's get real let's get loud on america at loud talk radio it's summertime ready for your vacation to the beach the lake or the mountains but what about your accommodations ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests kathy g
0: from tulsa says the genesis fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling
1: with genesis She knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit GenesisFolger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Folger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural, drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R dot com.
0: join you back here on America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, this is, I think, our 28th or might be our 280th. I don't know, but it's been a while. (laughs) This is the the Q&As where we're able to answer your questions and, you know, I feel uh, we get a lot of great comments and commentary back in on these Q&A's. People love these and they're well listened to. Uh, and so we hear you and, uh, and we appreciate the applause for all the work that's being done here. But listen, we do it for you. Uh, we try to answer these things in quick fashion as we're doing here. But American Out Loud Pulse has a very unique group of hosts. Every day, you can listen to this on the network on iHeartRadio. You can listen to it at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And there is an encore at 10 p.m. And we have some of the best hosts. Just go to under shows at AmericaOutloud.com. Go look at the America Out Loud Pulse page. Get all your hosts there and take a look at the days. And really, people are loving this program. We're getting a massive amount of responses And people listen to all the shows. They love all the hosts. And so it's very, very cool. So check that out there, uh, my friends. All the shows go to podcast, as you know. And they're also on America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, Brandon says, my father, who's 67, pretty good health, always good uh, blood pressure, et cetera, had two doses and a, a boost of the vax. Uh, Had a scare this weekend with high blood pressure, 172 over 85, and heart cath found 99% blockage in two arteries, Uh, one being the LAD, received two stints, and very lucky but wondering. Have you seen anything like this in the VAX injury reports that would suggest this would be a result of the VAX? Did the VAX cause this blockage in the arteries?
1: Uh, my interpretation of this. I mean, there are published papers to apply. There was a paper in the journal Hypertension that clearly described the blood pressure shooting up and becoming uh, very dangerous. It can be in a range where it causes stroke. Uh, recently, in a paper by Burhild and colleagues, Burhild three three um, uh, Nordic countries reported Malcolm. Get this: seven thousand seven hundred and fifty intracranial hemorrhages. Or major devastating strokes after COVID-19 vaccination within 28 days. I mean, these are staggering numbers. So we know that blood pressure can shoot up. So the first concern is blood pressure shooting up. And now precipitation of this Critical coronary disease, what we call unstable angina, there was an American Heart Association abstract in 2021 using what's called the POLS technology, P-O-L-S, and that's a biotechnology in vitro test, which tries to assess on whether or not a heart attack could be triggered. And what they showed with the vaccination is that this in vitro diagnostic test skyrockets after vaccination. So the conclusion of this American Heart Association abstract was, oh, wait a minute, this vaccine is actually going to precipitate these acute coronary syndromes. So this coronary part of things, uh, it either either was the vaccine uncovered the underlying problem, or in fact, it worsened it with acute plaque rupture. And thank goodness he's you know had his stents and um, he's been saved. Uh, but boy, I have to tell you what, this is scary business. I really worry about people who maybe they wouldn't get prompt care or it was too late or it completely blocked off, he would have been finished.
0: Wow. Uh, I mean, we'll never really know some of these things that are happening. I'm thinking because they've been less than truthful and the information is so scattered, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to guess or people will guess whether it's associated to the vax or not. We probably will never know some of these, will we?
1: No, we won't. And I have to tell you, I alluded to it. I testified in the Texas Senate yesterday on June 27th, 2022. I waited eight hours through uh, monotonous bureaucratic reports, which offered nothing to the state. Uh, There was many doctors in the rotunda, and I was the last witness called forward. And I came with both barrels blazing and fully loaded for the uh, Health and Human Services Committee, and I really let them have it. But let me tell you, the speakers ahead of me, including the bureaucrats, one of the, things, the consistent themes in the uh, committee meeting was we've lost our trust in the CDC and federal agencies and that the states really have to step up now, like your state of Florida.
0: Yeah, uh, slowly but surely uh, some of them definitely are. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is still going to play out. We'll see how it does play out uh, across the uh Uh, the the United States. Um, Joy says, I learned today about the fifth wave of COVID in Hong Kong. About 9,000 people have died of COVID and about 6,000 of those deaths were in people who have not taken a COVID vaccine. On the Hong Kong government website, it defines a COVID death as someone who died within 28 days of a positive COVID test, not necessarily with COVID as the cause of death. Wow. I'm very against these so-called vaccines. I work in healthcare and I've personally seen some terrible results of the vaccine. In particular, the, these different vaccines, they spell out here. But uh, I also have listened to many experts such as yourself and read a number of medical journal articles that have led me to the conclusion that these shots put me and many, if not all others, at greater risk than contracting COVID does. That's kind of a drum roll right there, what she says. All that being said, how do we explain these numbers from Hong Kong? that seem to make it clear that these COVID vaccines are preventing death. Is it because they largely use the Sinovac instead of the mRNA or viral vector shots? I'd love to hear how you interpret this data.
1: There's a whole series of, I think, intentionally biased studies Trying to claim that the vaccines result in reduced rates of hospitalization and death, and they go the the threats to validity are as follows: You can only make that claim from a randomized trial. So what she's quoting is not a randomized trial; it's not placebo controlled. This number one, number two: those who take the vaccine are much more likely to get early treatment. So early treatment is what actually reduces death, not the vaccine. Number three: those who go to the hospital. Uh, there many times is differential testing. So the unvaccinated don't get testing. They the do get testing and the vaccinated don't get testing. So there's a differential testing. Our CDC had previously encouraged that. Those in the hospital, there's no way of knowing who's vaccinated and not vaccinated in most studies, including the U.S. And so the default is to consider them unvaccinated. OK, and so one of the reasons why I'm suspicious of even the proportion she gave is that In many, many countries like Hong Kong, the vast majority are vaccinated. So it's impossible to get those lopsided proportions. And then finally, there's no adjudication for why they are in the hospital. So uh, if one has, um, you know, they're admitted for appendicitis or diverticulitis and they test positive, they could have had COVID three months ago and now they're in for another condition. Remember, once you have COVID, you're going to intermittently test positive. One study people intermittently test positive for hundreds and hundreds of days.
0: Yeah, that is is a great answer. And back, Joy, to your question, there was, I mean, you just got the full answer there. When this goes to podcast, you'll all wanna play this back twice over and listen to what you just heard because those multiple examples explain a whole lot actually. Uh, but you've got to read between the tea leaves, uh, I believe. So Bob says, I am unvaccinated but did suffer from a moderately intense case of COVID last year despite early treatment. I am grown increasingly concerned by the several studies finding brain changes in large percentages of post-COVID survivors. Given that the number of people who had COVID and are potentially brain injured would be far higher than the number of vaccine injured, perhaps taking the vaccine was the better choice after all, as it typically prevents the deeper and longer lasting infections that would lead to brain damage. Were we too clever for our own good and now caught up in a human uh, disease situation? Dr. Stella Emanuel has brought up this exact issue up last year in regards to the brain damage. What do you say to that? I
1: was with Stella Emanuel yesterday in the Texas Senate just by mention. Uh, I can tell you that the respiratory infection, if treated early, has relatively little systemic entry in the body. The studies that have uh, found long COVID or neurologic sequelae after respiratory COVID are typically patients in the hospital for four to six weeks. I mean, really, really severe cases. Uh, We know that the systemic exposure to the spike protein with the natural infection must be lower than the vaccine because we get much higher antibodies after the vaccine to the spike protein than we do with the natural infection. Now with the natural infection, there is a panoply of neurologic side effects, including ones the FDA agrees on like Guillain-Barre syndrome, transverse myelitis, they kind of blow away any brain fog that one could get with SARS-CoV-2. So I think my analysis is the vaccine is far more dangerous to the neurologic system because 100% of people get the vaccine. And we know from the autopsies, 100% of people get the vaccine into the brain. So I got to tell you, I think the vaccine is far riskier for the, the brain than the respiratory infection.
0: All right. Uh, My name is Corey. I live in Ottawa, Canada. I'm 34, unvaxxed. I recently got the Wuhan virus, uh, the Omicron, a couple of weeks back. The first night was just achy body, minor fever, lasted a couple hours. I took ibuprofen. It was fine the next day. Wow. Cool. I tested myself the following evening with the rapid test and was positive. Really no symptoms, just minor nasal congestion and cough. Uh, but uh, they used the, but listen, he used the um, McCullough protocol and also the, the uh, better dying 10% solution twice a day and took multi the, the vitamins and minerals, which worked miracles. Well, again, healthy immune system, it means a lot. However, here, here's, the, here's the crux of this, uh, this, this point here, Corey brings up. My father lives in the Caribbean uh, and his uh, natural health is going down. He's also unvaxxed, 82 years old, but I'm not too worried with COVID-19 down there. I want or need to go see him hopefully this summer, but I don't wanna take the genetic altering jab, knowing and seeing the real data come out. I don't wanna take a risk taking the jab and then have a natural antibodies to cause a severe adverse reaction. What should I do? I'm caught in between my family back there and pressure me to come down ASAP. I'm pretty much a hostage in my own country. Help. And I just I hear this guy, Corey. And I just felt this was so interesting. You see the position a guy like this is in.
1: You know, I can tell you, I i was just down in the Caribbean. I know you can get into Bahamas. Now, I wonder if you can get into Bahamas and take a boat over to wherever he needs to go. It's varied from place to place. And we heard this disturbing report on this issue of the pulse from uh, Central America, Costa Rica, where they vaccinated a child against uh, the will of the parents. Um, You know, there must be a way to navigate what I know for the young guy, Corey, I know there was going to be a catch to his situation. What he doesn't want to do is take the vaccine himself, because we know uh, the multiple papers are actually up on our website. When you take the vaccine and you've already had COVID, you're really asking for trouble because now you're super juicing the system with spike protein and, um, uh, and and inflict all the autoimmune concerns that we really have regarding the vaccine. So uh, most countries in the Caribbean, by the way, are relatively under Bahamas, when I was there, I, I issued a McCullough report from uh, that group. They're called the Optimus Group. I think overall, they're about 40% vaxxed uh, down there. And when I did the public program, Malcolm, they were outraged. They felt deceived. Uh, they felt America had deceived them mm-hmm. by the CDC and FDA actions.
0: Wow. Wow. I, I, I can believe that. Uh, all right, last question we're going to sneak in here is from Jackson. Is it possible to catch COVID three times? I'm a healthy 68-year-old. I play golf and walk and basically low-carb diet. Uh, in January 2020, my wife uh, uh, was sick and I really got sick and this is right before COVID hit. I coughed for six weeks. My throat felt like I was swallowing jacks, he says. I had no energy. Well, those, that's what happens. Those are the symptoms. After about two weeks of this, my blood pressure went through the roof. Uh, I was on blood pressure medicine. It was, it, it, usually it's normal, but it wasn't here. Ended up in the hospital, but they could not pinpoint anything. I then changed blood pressure medicines and took uh, six more weeks for it to get back to normal. Uh, so he goes on to say, is it possible to get it three times? Is that is is uh, is that possible? I think it is, isn't it, Dr. McCullough? Uh,
1: you know, it's possible. There's some emerging reports that you can get it multiple times. If you've taken a vaccine, that the vaccine continues to um, basically allow this recurrence of the virus, uh, particularly if we've had the original Wuhan strain and then been subsequently vaccinated with antibodies against original Wuhan strains called immune imprinting, where the immune system keeps giving a misdirected response to the virus and you keep getting it over and over again. Um, What I do want to caution people on is that it has been shown that nasal PCR test is intermittently positive for months and months afterwards. So if you've had it once and you happen to get a cold a few months from now, you'll never know if it's real COVID or just a false positive. It's just impossible to know.
0: Yeah, uh, friends. That's all the time we have here. Thank you for listening. Always being part of the mission. All the information, details, uh, COVID resources. All of it's back at AmericaOutloud.com. Um, keep keep a bright smile on your face and a jump in your step. And always remember, America Out Loud Pulse. We're always a beat ahead.